Good afternoon and welcome to day two of the Association of Certified Fitness Professionals daily podcast. Thank you very much for all of you that gave us such amazing positive feedback from yesterday's podcast and I have to say again it was a massive pleasure to host that podcast and it will be um, a continued honour to host these podcasts moving forward and as mentioned yesterday we are lining up a wide range of um, guests, hosts and also people to take part in these podcasts as we look to bring you the very best that there is from the fitness industry as we, as the ACFP, look to sit at the heart of the fitness industry. Stay tuned for today's podcast where we look forward to everything that is good about the fitness industry and paint a positive light on something that we feel is designed to positively change lives. Okay, let's get to the heart of this. The fitness industry was created and the reason why it's become such a global phenomenon is the fact that it's designed to have a positive effect on people's lives both physiologically, psychologically, aesthetically, emotionally and basically to create a whole wider better standard of living. There's a lot of stigmas and a lot of competitiveness and also a lot of people actually berating the fitness industry, berating certain elements of the fitness industry, where the fitness industry sits against the diet industry, where the supplementation sits against general traditional nutritional practices moving forward. Now, the whole fitness industry where we sit as an association in general needs to play a much bigger role in actually working together to achieve the goals of not only us as an industry which is to improve the standard of living for people but also to change for the better the individual experiences that our customers our patrons our clients are experiencing on a day-to-day level and one of the biggest things that stops this experience is the wide ranging of conflicting information conflicting Facts, science, research, which in some cases, some more highly documented and reported than others, are only there either for marketing purposes or to serve either a personal agenda or to actually paint a product in a light that will make it either more marketable, more saleable and more palatable and understanding by the masses rather than the general individualistic people that probably need to consume that product. So, what are the facts and what are the key messages that we need to be sending out to the wide-ranging public? And there are many, many people across the industry, not just in the UK but across the world, that are trying to break down the fitness industry into very clear sections and very clear and palatable information. There is a huge amount of people, not only in the UK but across the world, that are overweight and are deemed as being clinically obese. The increase of bariatric care and people approaching our NHS service to receive either gastric bands or are looking to receive either heart surgery or liposuction, weight reduction, all these different things is on the increase. 
Now, as an industry, we have a huge responsibility to affect change either before people get to that stage or as part of that rehabilitation or as the next run on the ladder once they run at NHS, refer them back into the fitness industry or back into the general public. We all know that weight loss or weight gain is all to do with the amount of fuel, energy, materials, substance that we put into our bodies. And the easiest way of actually calculating this is through the counting of calories. Various different diets, different um, fitness professionals will always talk about calories either in a positive or a negative deficit. And even going back to four or five years ago, there was a big trend of, oh, calorie counting shouldn't work, we shouldn't be doing this, we shouldn't be doing that. Okay. Now, the important thing to remember is that every single person has got a completely different individualistic calorie requirement. The things and the amount that goes into their body is specific to their age, their height, their weight, their day-to-day daily activities, and also the requirements and the needs that they have to perform on a day-to-day level. Now, we can go through tens of millions of research and studies that will tell you we need to be overly complicated with this. And there are also tens of thousands of products out there in the market that will also try and bamboozle this and wrap this into much more complicated processes, much more complicated scientific terms than the average person on the street needs to actually achieve. Now, you would think that it would be quite a simple process to line 10 people up and say, right, subject one, have a look at all the variables that we need to, your calorie intake that you require on a day-to-day level sits at 2,354. Subject three, subject five, we go through this all the way up to subject 10 and give them an individual count. And we send them away and we say to them, okay, come back to us and once you've got to um, a regular ability to eat those calories or those amount of calories and then we can work from it moving forward. Now, if that was the case, and that was easily done, the health and the fitness and the general well-being of the British public wouldn't be in the state it was in. There is a chronic deficiency, either in knowledge, expectation, desire, willingness to actually achieve this. Part and parcel of the reasons for this will be, A, the different marketing examples it has, the huge budgets from the diet companies that are looking to put this information out. We mentioned in yesterday's podcast that the sugar tax came into fruition at the start of last weekend, which is bringing up a whole new wide-ranging of debates and topics which we'll cover later on in the week. There is the emotional attachments that people have with food, calories, the things that they put in their bodies. And there is also the 
time, restraints, and also the lack of knowledge and understanding of how to actually cook, prepare, shop, pick the right product for those people out there. So how are we going to change this? How do we, as an industry, how do we as a set of individuals that, again, as we documented yesterday, 99.99% of us have all got a positive intent. We all mean well to affect and change these people. How do we do this? How are we going to achieve our goals, our individual goals, of making these people better? better, more understanding, more knowledgeable, and more overall, more able to achieve their goals, whether it be weight loss, whether it be better performance, whether it's be to build mass, whatever it is, how are we going to do this? The only way this can be done is going back to basics. Let's go back to the whole basic principles of what the fitness industry is all about. Why can't we go back to the understandings that if we teach people from a very early age, when they are impressionable, influenceable, their knowledge, they are like sponges, why can't we go back to basics to help people understand this moving forward? Also, how do we then go through a process of teaching people Even though we are 10, 15 years down the line for them, how do we go back to them breaking those habits, breaking those processes, and breaking those myths and disbeliefs that billions and billions of pounds have been spent leading them down a path of thinking, we must cut this out of our diet, we must have this, we must have this, we must have this. Where So when people are walking into... A personal training session, a nutritional seminar, supermarket, where it is, and they are f- confronted with this information that they are making ill-informed and ill-advised choices. So we need to go back to basics. As fitness professionals, one of the biggest things that we should be able to do is... Despite all our knowledge, despite all our education, despite all the things that we need to um, know in order to be qualified and also to be able to draw from our knowledge, is to find a way that we can actually approach our customers, sit them down and actually speak to them on a layman's terms basis that can actually approach these subjects in the right way. What we also need to be able to do is we need to be able to understand what outside influences are affecting these people's inhibitions, inability, and historically, their lack of situation to be able to change this before they walk through the doors and seek your individual health. How do we change that? This is where a full consultation before we even give any advice should be garnished. As a personal trainer, as a nutritionist, you are essentially a consultant. You are somebody that is going to be judged effectively 
by the questions that you ask during that consultation. And in many cases, we always advise that those consultations should be completely free of charge. If you do this free of charge, the expectation level of the people entering that consultation can understand that you are about to engage in that relationship in a completely ethical, professional and non-biased situation. One of the biggest things that affects people's willingness to work within the fitness industry is this well-documented perception that there is no value on their investments. There is no return on that investment. People don't feel that they are getting good value for their money, especially people only just entering the industry or looking from the outside in to enter what is quite an intimidating and often clicky environment to enter. So we often advise, or we would always advise, that those relationships, those consultations, start off on a completely non-financial, zero remuneration basis. Once you've garnished the information that you need to understand your client's requirements, or your potential client's requirements, this is where you use your resource bank of knowledge, you use your resource bank of experience to be able to offer empathy, understanding, compassion, and also resources in order to be able to assess and help the person in the best way that is right for them. Not you as an individual, as a trainer, as a professional, but the right person for them. The way that I always try and paint this picture is if you walked into a doctor's surgery and said, look, I've got a cold, um, I've been feeling run down, been feeling depleted, and I generally don't think something is right. A doctor isn't just automatically going to walk you straight over to their defibrillator, tie you to lie down, put some gel on some pads, and give you a shock just because it's the best piece of equipment that they have available to them at that time. What they will do is they will use their professional knowledge, their professional integrity, their professional ethics to assess what is wrong with you, what you need to feel better, and they will provide a best course of action. This is where we as trainers need to be able to offer and provide this moving forward. Now where this issue then moves forward moreover is we all understand that as fitness professionals, as well uh, as our intentions may be, we have a requirement and a need to run a business to make sure that we can feed our families pay the wages of our employees, our contractors, our suppliers, we get this. However, this should never be replaced with the need to provide an ethical and professional service to our customers. If you are in a situation where you are entering a consultation with a client, knowing full well that you are given a target to sell either a nutritional or dietary product 
or you are targeted to push a particular service before you even know the people that you are walking through the door with, you in that situation automatically, through human nature, are not entering that situation with your customer's best interests at heart. And this is where, if you look across all the sections of the fitness industry, that we find the problem. We find the root of that problem. In order to push those products, those services, those packages, we are going to be painting pictures using marketing tech terminology that is actually going to push these people in that direction. This isn't something that should be happening. We should be able to have enough processes, structures and procedures in place to cater for the people that we have A, either marketed to, to approach as an ideal customer, or we should have the professional integrity to be able to sit down with somebody and say, look, I am probably not the best person to be working with. But we understand that there is a fine balance between this. And this is where being a fitness professional differs to being somebody that operates and trades within the fitness industry. There are two very clear definitives, two very clear differences. Now, as a fitness professional, if we can honestly and ethically say to ourselves moving forward that if I was to walk into 100 consultations over the next month, that I would honestly provide the best neutral, professional and ethically clear advice, resources and knowledge to each one of those individuals, I am 100% sure that the conversion of those customers would increase by at least 25%. Because people that walk in to a consultation or have already made the decision that they want to affect a change in their life will trust in somebody that has made that entire session about them, that you have listened, that you have shown compassion, you have shown empathy. In this modern world, we as individuals are sold to on a day-to-day basis and we are no longer daft, we are no longer naive. So this is where we as industry professionals need to understand that we can affect this by being more professional, more ethically sound. In some cases, somebody's relationship with their nutrition and also with their food and their training regime, their overall life, needs an intervention and needs a short-term solution in order to bridge the gap to show and achieve results which will keep people enthused and give people the desire to want to keep coming back for more because they can see the change, they can see that return on their investment. However, it's massively important that we are telling people that when we are giving them short-term solutions that is made abundantly clear that this is a far from ideal situation. However, given their set of circumstances, given the goals that they want to achieve, and given their previous interactions, this is the best course of action for them at that time.
Now we come back to understanding that the fitness industry has a whole wide ranging of different sections, whether it be studio-based fitness classes, whether it be strength and conditioning on the gym floor, whether it be CrossFit, whether it be yoga, whether it be Slimming World, whether it be nutrition, supplementation, whether it be a whole wide range of sports rehabilitation, we all have a code, we all have a responsibility, a need and a desire to change people and we also have a God-given right to achieve this by helping people in the correct way. By using our moral compass and our moral turpitude. Now with the ACFP, this is one of the things that we are trying to push through. It's going to take a re-education. It's going to take a show of force from our association, the industry as a whole, that we need to push this moving forward. We see daily, in fact tens of thousands of times daily, online programs, online diets, online meal uh, ideas, things like that, that are good for providing inspiration. But what we need to be making abundantly clear is that these programs and things that we're putting together, like download this guide, blah, 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 we need to make sure that we're marketing these in an ethical way. What we also need to be able to understand is that all this clever terminology might sound good in some ebook or a podcast or in a social media post, an Instagram story, a Facebook Live, a Q&A, all that sort of stuff. But that's not helping 85 to 90% of the public to understand just how easy it can be to an effect to change. Being a personal trainer, being a fitness instructor, being a fitness professional isn't the case of meet somebody at reception. Them saying to you, right, I want to lose some weight and you take them straight over to the squat rack, take them straight over to the free weight section and saying to you, right, this is going to change that. You are not looking at what the person's prior abilities are, what their emotional triggers are, what the things that they enjoy, all those sort of things. Those situations are the most detrimental to people not returning back to the fitness industry. We always have a huge influx around January time and there's always a lot of jest and a lot of humour about, uh, misplaced humour I might add, that you know, by the time the third week of January comes, the gyms are empty again because people are making false promises and they've got the best intentions blah, 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 and nobody sticks to them. A huge percentage of those people that have got the intentions, they want to make the change, will have been affected by A, they've had a bad experience, they've been given the incorrect knowledge, or they don't like the feel of the gym. They don't like the feel, the environment, the hostility 
that can be placed within that. It's our responsibility, it is our mission, our calling, our prerogative as fitness industry professionals to affect this in a positive way. January is one of those huge periods of time and we're about to enter another one as we come to the spring where people are looking to make those changes, rightly or wrongly, ready for their summer holidays. This is a massive opportunity as professionals to approach this in two ways. To make as much money as possible in the shortest period of time, which isn't going to help us long standing or in a situation moving forward or we actually approach this from a point of view of looking at it from an understanding and saying right I have an individual or we as a company have an opportunity to approach a mass of people that all have a similar intention not the same a similar intention and all have a wide ranging set of needs and desires and us as fitness professionals can we bring them into our welcoming environment? Can we bring them into our way of thinking? And can we bring them into our resource bank of information that we can educate, teach, respond, and affect them in a positive way? The choice of how you do this is completely up to you. However, I can vouch that anybody looking to show their customers that they do have their best interests at heart, do want to demonstrate that they genuinely are looking to affect ethical standards, professional standards, standards that they can trust, they will all turn to the ACFP to get their membership, to be able to show their customers that they have that trust. So looking forward to what we can provide on a mass level and on a local level and on an individual level is a benchmark that you can clearly demonstrate to your customers, to your patrons, any prospective customers that you're looking to market your professional services too, that you as industry professionals are practicing in the right way. So when they're seeing 10, 15, 20 posts a day of sponsored posts about the fitness industry and localised gyms and personal trainers local to them, you can truly set yourself apart. You can show that you are the benchmark that everybody else should be looking to set. And there's one way you can do that, and that is by joining the heart of the fitness industry. Now tune in tomorrow as we look to break down the nutritional industry. We look to discuss what we perceive to be the shortcomings and where we think that people are making a positive change, where they are looking at nutrition as a whole on an individualistic level rather than on a general assumption 
and marketing en masse, which we feel, in line with the new sugar tax, is something that is massively affecting this industry. And on the back of Cancer Research's obesity campaign, is something that we as an industry have a huge opportunity to affect in a positive way moving forward. Thank you very much for listening to podcast number two of the Association of Certified Fitness Professionals. We hope that you will like, share, post your views. And apologies if certain parts of this have sounded like we are standing on a soapbox and waxing lyrical. However, we are passionate. We want to affect change in a positive way. We want to help the good people in the fitness industry to change their businesses and to change public perceptions of understanding that the good people in the industry are the people that people should be looking to invest their time, effort and money into. If you like, if you have a comment, if you would like to make contact with us, follow us on Instagram at ACFPOfficial or visit the website www.acfitpros.co.uk send us an email, leave us a contact page and one of the team will be in touch with you and who knows, you could be featured on this podcast sharing your professional views, your professional experiences good and bad so we can spread the news that the fitness industry is changing for the better and as a professional body at the heart of the fitness industry we want to affect change in a positive way tune in tomorrow speak soon